Welcome to the Embrace It series, where women with all types of disabilities can be real, resourceful, and stylish. With each episode, you'll walk or roll away with everyday tips, life hacks, and success stories from community leaders and influencers. So take off your leg braces and stay a while with Lainey and Estella. Hi, I'm Lainey, and I have CMT. And I'm Estella, and I also have CMT a neuromuscular disorder affecting approximately 2.6 million people worldwide. That's as many as MS. We believe that disabilities should never get in the way of looking or feeling good. Both of us wear leg braces and have learned through our own personal journeys to embrace it. For more information and exclusive resources, check out our websites at trend-able.com and hnf-cure.org. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button for future episodes and special promos. Three. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Embrace It podcast. We are here with another awesome guest that we are just honored to have. And I know Sherry Short from, well, from the Trendable website community. I met her and I was just like blown away. Sherry has an amazing story. She is a comedian who makes me laugh, (laughs) and you will find, if you see her videos, she'll make you laugh too, and um, we wanted to have her on to talk about uh, MS, about living with disabilities, about how she deals with having to wear leg braces, and, you know, adds humor to it all. Um, So welcome, Sherry, to the podcast. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Where are you? Where are very you cool. located? I'm Sherry? very cool. You are I'm cool. right. Out- <laughs> I'm very cool. Uh, yeah, I'm right outside Princeton, so I'm in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. okay. awesome. East Coast. Yeah, like, you're East Coast. Yeah, you're East Coast, yeah. which now is yes. like we're we're filming this obviously during this whole COVID thing, and you guys were crazy for a while, and now you guys are good, and the rest of the world is going to shit I'm I'm, it's kind of it's like make popcorn and just watch the rest of the world you know it's just kind of yeah it's been it's I'm really proud of how other people here have handled it and you know um, Mm -hmm. I think that's made it easier to start kind of expanding our our bubble um, as they're calling it but um it is hard to watch it is it, it is hard to watch but you know you, you ask where i am and i've been in the same four walls for four or five months now i have no idea where i am so i mean wow. i could be in new jersey i could be i just have a i'm still i'm just here i'm just here and that's why is. you guys are doing well while i do yeah. outside dining and every possible <laughs> activity i can find that is oh, wow. uh, social distancing yeah. acceptable i guess here in michigan but well, anyways yeah. sherry maybe we could start by telling everyone a little bit about you and um you know what your life was like before diagnosis when you were diagnosed oh, sure. that kind of thing sure 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 i um yeah i was um 37 um when i was diagnosed so you know people are typically diagnosed in their 20s and their 30s i was a little bit on the later range according to the neurologists that diagnosed me um, in fact, one of them said, I'm not sure this is MS because you're a little old for it. And I, I was like, <laughs> and that's nice. like 37 is old. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. I was like, oh, okay, well that, that can be the one time you say that to me. <laughs> um, so, so I, um, and I was, uh, you mentioned I, I, I was running. I, I was, um, I was like finally running. Um, I was start, I was competing. I was training to compete in a, in a 10 K. I was like, finally, like not just 
running for exercise, but running in a, I don't know, in an organized way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it was, um, it was first in my, my vision. It was first, I started to uh, have a problem with my vision in my okay. left eye. And I remember thinking, oh, uh, I'll, I'll see a doctor. It's probably just an eye infection or migraine or, or something like that. Allergies, who knew? You know, everybody kind of was just spouting different things. Um, but I ended up going to the uh, like urgent care because I was too scared mm-hmm. to go to the ER. I was like too scared to go to the ER because if you go to the ER, yeah. then something's really wrong. Right. And, I went to urgent care and I heard the nurse outside in the hallway telling the doctor, you know, she, she can't see in her left eye. And I just heard from the hallway, well, then what the hell is she doing here? So that's comforting. That's comforting. Wow. So <laughs> nice. um, he said, get her to the ER. Oh, yeah. I couldn't avoid it. Yeah. And I, you know, when you start to lose your vision in one eye and um, you're the, you're the daughter of a doctor and a Jew. Um, it's a brain tumor. You just assume it's a brain tumor. <laughs> just, it's a brain tumor. That's it. Just, so, yeah. so like there's that's all it could be. Um, and and it was so strange. I I had covered my right eye, which was the good eye, so I could only see out of the left eye. And I wanted. That's how I knew something was wrong. You remember those. Um, when we used to get pictures back, like in the seventies, I'm dating myself. They had the negatives in the album. Oh yeah, of right? course. Oh, yeah, like totally. everything was sepia tone, right? Yeah. So my son at the time, he was little, he was like four or whatever, but he, I could only see his bangs, like his hair, and like a little bit of the outline of his face was all white. Like I couldn't Whoa. see his face. Oh my god! And so again, I'm like, you know, I don't know from MS, right? Um, this is a brain tumor. This is yeah. Right. Nobody thinks MS. And is this like, is this like gradual or just one night, like you woke up and you're like, I can't see. It was over the course of like 10 days of thinking this is migraine. This is, mm-hmm. you know, um, this is allergies. This is, you know, it, it wasn't until I couldn't see his face. Right. Um, that, then I'm like, then you go to the very worst. Right. Um, and so at the ER, they said, I'll never forget this. They were like, they were nicer. They were like, this isn't presenting like a tumor, but we do need to get you to an emergency eye doctor's appointment. So that they, they called somebody who saw me the next morning and he just took a look and he's like, um, yeah, he, he said, this is optic neuritis. And I, I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, great. Give me this script for some drops. We're good. <laughs> like I'll be, I'll be on my way. I'm going to go see the movie Mama Mia with my friend, you know, like we're good. <laughs> And he's still sitting there with his, like his hands in his like folded in his lap. And I'm like, okay, what? He said, well, it, this is a hallmark symptom mm. of multiple sclerosis. And so that was, that, that was how I was diagnosed. And uh, from then they got me to the neurologist, the one who I mentioned before said I might be too old for it. And then I was, <laughs> uh, they got me into an MRI and I was, I was textbook. I was diagnosed, I think far quicker than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, other people suffer before they really know what's wrong. But um, I think that they could have shown me in a med school class. Like I had the lesions where I had the lesions. The optic neuritis wow. was a, a pretty intense, remi- you know, relapse, you know, that kind of thing. And then over the, and I was able to keep running. I said, as long as I can drink wine and keep running, you can diagnose <laughs> me with whatever you want. <laughs> and I was training for the 10K and then the left side just fell apart. The medication I was taking, which were shots, nightly shots, just were not working. Wow. Yeah, and it's been ever since then, um, gradual uh, disability, and you know, just uh, 
can't feel that part that part of my body and um i went from walking with one leg brace and a and then and then a cane with one leg brace and now i'm two leg braces and a cane um and and i just got new ones thanks to you guys you guys really empowered me to get new ones oh good i'm so glad to hear that so did you um go into comedy before this like while oh, yes. you were a runner or were you like when did the comedy uh, mm-hmm. um, the comedy thing i was i was 14 i was in high school i had wow. braces. i had braces when i was on on stage i mean it was it was I, I I forget what I mentioned and what I wrote up for your your wonderful website, but I I was um was watching Solid Gold and I saw Joan Rivers. <laughs> Solid I Gold. Love that. You know, I know, and I'm, I'm so dating myself. Um, no, we're I, I, I'm right with you. Estella unfortunately might have missed the seriously. I remember we had three channels and Solid Gold was like a, you know it was an event. It was like people dancing and whatever. So you were and, and comedy and all that. So you saw yeah. So I saw Joan Rivers, Rivers, and I'm like, I could do that. I mean, you know, when you're 14, you think you, you can, can do, do anything. anything. Yeah. Right. And um, I ended up writing to um, the the owner of a, you know, there were comedy clubs back then. You know, mm-hmm. there was the comedy store, the comedy works, the comedy whatever, the comedy factory outlet. And I ended up writing to the owner of the comedy works, which was in, I'm from Philly, and this was in downtown Philly on second and chestnut and it was like above an Indian food restaurant. It was great, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And the guy, the owner wrote back to me, but took me seriously and just said, start writing down everything um, and start, start, um, you know, even if you're watching your favorite sitcoms, like what are lines that made you laugh? Just pay more attention to what makes you laugh. Right. And that, and start, essentially he was the first person to say, start journaling without calling it journaling. How cool is that? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Like to take the time to do that yeah. for a teenager. I mean, to take the time to do that. Thank you. Exactly, because you know he didn't know me. It's not like I was a friend of a friend, and you know, or a friend's kid or whatever. I think he maybe he liked that I was a young girl who was you know trying Ambitious. to yeah, I know yeah, trying to trying to do this. He maybe he'd never gotten a letter from a fourteen year old kid before, you know. Um, but he welcomed me down there. And so my sisters or my parents would have to drive me all the way down into center city, Philadelphia. And, um, immediately I started talking to the comedians and the guy who worked the door and I had the letter from the owner and they said, you come back anytime. And I just would always get in free. I mean, I was no loss of income for them. I mean, I can't (laughs) even buy drinks. right? (laughs) Right. So I just I kept getting my family to drive me down there. I'd bribe them. They could have Indian food. I would just sit there. <laughs> and, and my parents were like, yeah, we're going to leave you in a smoky bar with a bunch of 28-year-old <laughs> guys, sounds, right? That yeah. safe. Like, I'm not going to really enjoy my curry share if uh, <laughs> I know uh-huh. that you're doing that. But, um, but yeah, I uh, and I would watch, and I would watch, and I would watch. And then I, you know, other kids had albums, you know, in, in their basement, and they would listen to music. And I had all the albums of the comedians. The comedy, right? And yeah. I knew them all by, you know, and so that was my thing. And I really thought, I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, but I read John Belushi's, um, the, the, the book about John Belushi's life. It was written by one of those, um, Woodward, I think Woodward or Bernstein, you know, one of those important you know, mm-hmm. Watergate guys. Um, that's lovely. And um, it was a really amazing book. But what terrified me about the book was John, John needed to stay funny to pay his rent. John needed mm-hmm. his sense. Of, and I really, truly felt within me that that was terrifying. That mm-hmm. a sense of humor, a positive outlook, a sense of humor, that's it. If you've got it, it's a gift. 
and the thought of me needing it to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people, that's that's a goal, that's an ambition, that's great, that's a driver, that's a motivator. It wasn't for me. It was like, whoa, mm-hmm. I want to keep comedy in this safe space. So it's right, it doesn't become some some heavy burden. Yeah, yeah. And and later in life, you know, I went I went to NYU, I went to film school and I was there with Sarah Silverman. And oh, how cool. Sarah and I bonded right away because she had started as a teenager too. And, um, she was leaving, um, to go out and and do this. She was leaving school and she said, you know, you want to come with, and I'm like, I I need the degree. So I've always been less risky with it. I've always been Mm -hmm. safer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I, I I keep blaming John Belushi. I keep, I keep (laughs) coming back to that book, you know, damn it, John Belushi. Um, and I'm I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of her. I'm so like un, like it, it took a long time for people to know her in different circles and stuff like that. Right. At first, you know, because she's like a twenty year overnight success. But when we were at NYU, they would put me on. I was cleaner, right? So they put me on at eight o'clock, and then they'd put her on at eleven o'clock. You know, mm-hmm. and she 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 unapologetic driven she's like I'm doing this I don't care mm-hmm. if I need to do it to pay my bills I'm doing it and I said you want this more than me that's amazing that's good for me to know and I um I eventually thought well what, what's safer maybe not stand up but comedy so I I set up I, I got information about the auditions for Second City in Chicago mm-hmm. and I said all right yes okay whichever comes in first let me let me think if I get into grad school or if I get the second city, if I go to second city and I got into grad school before I could go. (laughs) It was like a a coin toss. (laughs) And I became like, I'm trained as a developmental psychologist. And now I help, I write things for patients. So it all like eventually came together. Like overlaps here. And yeah, 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 yeah. So that's like, that's where the comedy stuff came in. The gap was, well, grad school. You, nothing's funny when you're in grad school. There's, you know, <laughs> and um, I just kind of uh, took it with me. Like, um, I'm just going to be interested in comedy for a long time. I'm not going to be actually doing it because it required, especially in the '90s, that life. Everybody was after a sitcom, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that Seinfeld like, and all that. Yeah, and, yeah. Everybody uh, was Ellen. after. You couldn't, you know, it, it's like that was the motivator. And I knew I couldn't. I didn't want that life of the tour, the constant touring, but I. I also didn't want the sitcom either um, maybe back then. Um, so I just, I stayed writing. Um, and then uh, as I got older and would have like jobs in my, you know, uh, I would, for the office Christmas parties, I was always writing, writing like sitcoms about the office and or performing oh at the God. parties and stuff like that. And then all my friends got married. And then I was like, at, I was doing the toast at all their the weddings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um I, I have um, great memories of all that because it was like, oh, that's fun. I forgot what the audience was like, you right. know, and then I'd, I'd hear, you know, for the rest of the parties, you yeah, have rest of the wedding receptions. I got more, you know, like, oh, will you do our wedding? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a friend <laughs> of the bride. Um, so, so I missed it. And then I, 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 I had my, uh, my husband and I, we had our son and, I just kept collecting more material because then you have parenthood. Oh, forget it. That's, uh-huh. <laughs> That's a treasure material. trove. But what really got me back up there 
um, was the MS because, mm -hmm. um, as I said, he was little, um, when I was diagnosed, but I, you know, again, I just been doing like very, uh, you know, the, the office holiday party kind of thing. Um, and friends were saying, why don't you get back out there? Why don't you get back out there? And I'm like, well, I don't want that life. And then it hit me, um, living with the MS, especially the first couple of years I was gathering, as I, you know, I said in that article, I have so many stories, so many ridiculous things were said to me. So many <laughs> bizarre situations I found myself in. And my friends were like, you, you have a show, you have a one woman <laughs> show here. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be it's the life of a itself. comic. Right. Yeah, it's totally writing itself. And it doesn't have to be the life of a comic. I had just, my schema had been, if you have material, then you have to go to all these clubs and do it. And you have to workshop it. And you know, what, what everybody finally learned from Mrs. Maisel, it's not that easy, you know? Right. And so, um, I, I did a show instead. So it was, I produced it, you know, um, I picked the venue and sold the tickets and oh, it was wonderful. It was, you know, I'll tell you it was sold out, but it wasn't like it was sold out. Like no one knew me. It was like a ton of people who I knew and brought friends right. and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and that the working title of the title of that was called on my nerves and oh, it was I love it. You know, about, you know, living with MS, being diagnosed with MS, yes. with MS and finding humor in living with uh, a degenerative illness and disability. Um, but the working title was always, it's my mother's MS. I just have it because my mom <laughs> has taken this, <laughs> my mom loves me very much. And she has just taken this on. She's, this is like, right. This Classic is her mom syndrome. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I, yes, yes. And, um, I, I had so much material just from her, um, that, but I, I, I put it all together and that's why Lainey, when you had posted months ago, like, what are some crazy things people have said to you? I was like, I have a vault, you know, yeah. like I did a tell show us, about this. Do you have, yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have any, like from that show, like what, like a funny story or about MS and your mom? My son had a preschool teacher who was quite, who was older. So she was obviously from kind of a different generation of living of people with MS. So like I'm packing up his little backpack and I'm putting <laughs> his like li little lunchbox away and she said, this woman said to me, so when are you going to be in a wheelchair? And I, I know. And I was like, well, after you, like, you know, like I, I didn't know what, oh my gosh. and I, I like, like the intellectual part of me, the psych part of me was like, she is from another generation. Right, from right. But like, in what generation did you walk around asking people when they're going to be in a wheelchair? Wow. And, and, I, and so, and so I was just like, get me out of here, get me out of here. And I'm like, come on, sweetie, you know, and I get yeah, myself, yeah. we walk, and then we go out to like the main, um, uh, office where you check in, check out. And then I just told on her. <laughs> I told her. <laughs> I was like, I just need you to know what I was just asking. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I know in their staff training, there's not like a section on if you have one mom with MS, right, here's what right. not to say, but so that, you know, I definitely, you know, I had that story in the thing. And then the best story with mom, the best, which I have said so much mileage out of, was um, my mom decided that for her sake, she was going to join a support group. And at first I was like really, um, I don't know, I, my, my perception of support groups was they were, they were for uh, parents of people who were struggling in a way that I wasn't struggling. They were struggling more. Like I was still working full time. I'm back to working mm -hmm. full time now, but uh, at that time I was working full time and raising a little boy and enjoying life, but just dealing with my illness. So I was like, what are you going to talk 
<laughs> and and like this is so my mom like within seconds she became like homecoming queen of the support group and she's like a lover and she's like will you come with me sometime they're having pizza you know and um <laughs> and my my husband had to go on a trip to new york for a training and i was nervous about being home with the little one for a week on my own and i was like mom next wednesday can you come out and have dinner with us because uh, my husband's gonna be away and she said, yeah, I can't. I have support group. <laughs> <laughs> really seriously. Like it's going to, like, it's all going to break down if she doesn't, oh, if she doesn't go. Uh, I and I, I was like, let me get this straight. <laughs> you can't come out and support me. Because <laughs> you have support group about me. <laughs> you have to go to support group. I, I don't, I don't uh, have the, I don't have the room in my brain to process this mom, you know? So it was, yeah, it was, yeah. So, um, yeah. I love the story also of like leg races and Darth Vader, um, that whole thing. I, I had to, I think I did that more for me than for my son. I mean, I like the braces that I had, I truly look like a stormtrooper, and I, <laughs> I wanted him, I wanted him to not be scared of like what, especially cause his mom, when he, as far back as he can remember, I was running. Mm -hmm. So now I'm struggling to move. And now I'm, so let's be empowering. Let's at least call these stormtroopers. Now I've kind of <laughs> forgot like, oh, that's the dark side. Like maybe <laughs> I should have picked the heroes in the movie. Um, but that helped, um, I don't know, conversation about it. I think when a, when a, when a child grows up with a parent with a condition, that's their norm. Eventually he, you know, he didn't really bat an eye, um, you know, as more accoutrements came, you know, as I, I had to adapt to more things because he, he was growing up with it. But right. when I first introduced it, when mom, mommy was home with suddenly these things on her legs, mm -hmm. um, I, 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 for me felt like, how do I, how do I introduce this in a fun way? Yeah. Um, and, and then eventually I would hear like his little friends in the other room, like what's, what's on your mom's legs or right. is your mom, did your mom fall? Yeah. You know, and I would hear him say, no, she needs those to walk or, or he would say she has MS like every other five or six year old would just know what that is. <laughs> you That's know what, so Sherry, as you're talking and like Estella and, you know, I was just thinking like Estella and I in our um, workshops that we used to do live <laughs> pre-COVID, we mm -hmm. talk a lot about the difference between, well, pity and empathy and how, you know, like obviously having MS a reaction that I'm sure you are very accustomed to is one of pity. Like, Oh, you poor thing. And you must be dying or, you know, and it's like a separation that people do so that it, it, you know, it's not them. It's their yeah. own defense mechanism and yeah. like, Oh, yeah. poor you. And we always talk about humor being the common denominator. Like right. humor is what puts you on the same level as someone else. And, you know, obviously being a comedian, it, comes more naturally to you, you know, and like, I would imagine that your social network of people see you as a person because you make light of things and you make it mm -hmm. relatable to that. So is that true? Mm -hmm. Or am I like, just, <laughs> but, I, I, but I think that what, what happens at least with me is it, 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 before it gets to a, um, a common denominator, there's an, there's been an extra layer of, oh, that's so great. You can still joke about it. You know, or, <laughs> right. or like that's so like a of you. Yeah. Relief on their ends. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like you're so brave. And, <laughs> um, 
and then I had, you know, friends who were like, your, your sense of humor is going to really coast you through this. Like mm-hmm. they knew, they knew like how I would, how I would use it um, before I did. Um, mm-hmm. But, but um, yeah, there is, there is definitely, well, you know, and especially like it, like the, the real world out there, if they would see me, did, did you fall? What's wrong? Did you, how, how come you're walking like that? Or are you okay? And then they, I don't think they expect to hear MS. Mm-hmm. They expect to hear. Uh, you got hurt or something. To some, uh, there was one point where I started telling people that I don't know if you guys are Harry Potter fans, but I was like, it's a Quidditch accident. Like I, I you know, like I fell off my broom. Like I, I, I was just so bored of saying the same thing all the time. <laughs> but when I would say MS, oh, you know, yeah. and, and to me, you know, and I've written about this in the crazy Kane lady letter series, which I'll, you know, I'll talk about in a second, but I, I, the media doesn't help. Right. And the media does not help this. You know, when when people on TV are talking about living with MS, they play the slow music. <laughs> they show them walking in slow motion. Um, like, we need, like we need slow motion in any way. Like I need to be any slower. Exactly. They have, it's like they, they show like they might as well show my birth year and the year of my anticipated demise. You know, it's very yeah. it's it's very like, whoa, is her. And it drove me bananas um mm-hmm. in the past couple of years when some celebrities have come out and talked about their condition mm-hmm. um every everybody's ms is so different right so i've been nervous to use my humor in the ms community because i've been nervous to offend those who have it harder than i do right um and i in fact i went to a satire workshop in new york uh over a year ago and literally asked the panel that was speaking on diversity and inclusion about this. I was like, I don't want to offend people who are struggling, but I do need my humor to communicate about what I'm living with. Right. And the crazy cane lady letter series, that was just kind of like this thing, like when you talk about that common denominator, that common barrier, mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, I have to look for the bathroom everywhere I go. If I'm watching a movie, I'll look for where the bathroom is in the scene. You know, like that is just my, my right away, where's the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And so shows are really hard for me to attend now, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, well, pre COVID, right. Um, Because there's going to be a line for the bathroom or the bathroom is going to be a far walk for me. And that's what inspired that I had like the Dear Broadway theaters, you know, because they have not been made, they've not been mandated to be handicap accessible. And they have not, they have, uh, they have, if they have a a designated bathroom, um, it's like Woodstock around the (laughs) intermission, right? Because we all have different conditions. And we all, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm in a line with MS, you know, okay, here's the MS line waiting for the bathroom. There's, you know, there's women of a certain age. We don't like, Right. So I, I, I think, um, it's, it's to me, it's uh, those letters help me, uh, call attention for MS awareness month to the real world. It is not easy for me Mm -hmm. to go to my son's high school back to school nights because I can't get from his physics class to his, um, um, history class, like within like the speed dating shit, you know, I'm sorry. No, Um, no, I feel you though. I've been there. It's like, right. Right. So I, I did these letters because I can't get up at the, like I can't put together a one woman show right now. And uh, there are no more comedy clubs really. Um, Wait, pause for a second. What do you mean letters? Yeah. I don't think I know about your letters. The letters. So what I public, like what you had in the article, the crazy, oh, okay. like, like, it, like dear it, Broadway it. theaters. Yeah. Right. So, got it. and um, I was quite, quite 
uh, taken by how many people um, responded to them that were forwarding them and sharing them. Like, you know, it wasn't like viral in like the biggest way that you think of when things go viral, but it made an impact and it was the perfect combination for me because it was humor. Mm. It was venting. <laughs> it was, it was fine. Pointing out what is so obvious to people living with disabilities, but not obvious to people who don't. Mm-hmm. And o- opening their eyes a little yeah. bit, like, oh, I hadn't thought about back to school tonight, or I hadn't thought about, um, you know, uh, how that celebrity was uh, in slow motion, you know, like when, um, but it was something that people told me they learned from, like hotels that put me in like the farthest away possible room, or they'll put yeah. me in the hand, they'll put me in the handicap room when I don't need a shower the size of uh, a condo. Just, I feel, and I always felt like, People with a cane, I, I refer to it as the Jan Brady of the disability <laughs> community. Like we're not, like you are not in a wheelchair. Like, we, it, it, it's still an issue. Yeah, for, all, for all you younger viewers, yeah, she's I'm sorry. Brady Bunch, the middle child, yeah, the, the one who's left one. out. So we have to reference that for the younger people. You know, I'm so sorry. Like, it's true. Googling it's Jan true. Brady. What does that mean? Great, great, great. It, it, yeah. it. it and being that I'm Gen X, which is also the Jan Brady of generations, like I, I just keep referring to Jan Brady. Um, it, to me, uh, the opportunity to um, do the one woman show and then to do the crazy cane lady letters were education and humor and psychology. They were just really good uh, ways to put it all together in a recipe for me. Mm-hmm. When I when I got the new braces, um, like I found trendable because there was one summer where I was like, oh, so that's it. It's just too hot. The Velcro keeps falling apart. So I have to wear pants over the things to keep the Velcro on. I'm I'm wearing denim in (laughs) mid-July. I'm miserable. I can't be the only person. And I just Googled what the hell can I wear? And the look on my face was like in Willy Wonka when they go in and they see the candy Uh, and the chocolate. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. And I'm not a fashion person. And my college roommate used to tell me uh, I dress like a boy named Kevin. Like that was always her thing. She's like, that's a very Kevin outfit. And so I'm not, I'm not a fashion person, but I certainly liked having different kinds of shoes to wear or the flexibility to wear. And I'm five too. I needed the height, you know, of platform or whatever. And I just thought, oh, I'm done now. I have to wear these like shoes with the laces that, Uh The, the the braces fit and I have no options and now the velcro is falling off. I was really it was I was feeling quite sorry for myself and then I found trendable and, and I found you. It you made found all the difference. Found you, which is so cool. Yeah. yeah. So like the as we kind of wrap up, I just want to say that like obviously um, anybody who's listening, comedy in general, whether you're a like actual comedian like Sherry is or just a person who likes to laugh. You know, it's so therapeutic. Obviously, you can't be able to laugh without being able to cry. Like, they don't, you have to have one with the other. And so it's really, I would imagine, extremely therapeutic for everybody, um, especially those people with chronic conditions and disabilities. But I, what I, my takeaway really was that, um, the biggest takeaway was the, the man at the comedy, the guy who owned the small comedy place when you were a young girl writing to him. And he said, look for the funny. And to mm-hmm. me, like, that's, I that. you know, I, to me, that is like my biggest takeaway from our conversation today, because we so often are looking for things that just make us feel good. 
but mm-hmm. that's a very different things from things that make us laugh. Like I, you know, um, and, yes, thank you. And that, and you know what, don't afraid to be dark. You're living with your own yes. condition, your own set of limitations, mm-hmm. you find something funny and you know, other people aren't going to, you keep laughing. That's yours. Yeah. You're yes. subjective. And, um, that's why, you know, and I only have a couple friends living with MS, but I know that I can say things to them and we can silently chuckle in ways others can't. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not belittling it by laughing. In fact, you're getting further in, um, tapping into how you're really feeling. And, and so Sherry, yeah. in a respect, you're not also like what you said before about worrying about other people who have different varying types of MS and some obviously being much more severe in terms of what others would say is severe, like having real struggles with being able to do anything, you know, that laughing, you know, you worry about offending them and offending people is always going to happen. Right. So like always, Always. and people like, don't like things that they see in themselves and others too. So sometimes using humor is scary to someone because it's like so truthful and it hits home. That's why I love, I love the term unapologetic. It's like just yeah. embrace the unapologetic and you, you know, tap into your sense of humor. Yes. Well, I mean, you might offend one person, but you might, you know, inspire nine people. So I think it's the, the balance is there and I think it's worth uh, the risk. And I, I definitely feel like you've inspired uh, us, obviously. And- oh, well, I'm neurotic and I'll obsess about that one person, but I'm <laughs> really happy that I've been inspired. I know, we really. all do that. We all do that. <laughs> Well, Sherry, yeah. thank you so much oh, for joining us. And um, before we yes. go, can you can you yes. tell our listeners where they can find your? Do you have any videos on YouTube, or if they yeah, can find yeah. some of your material? I'm still like on social media. I'm <laughs> cultivating that online presence. I do have on YouTube. It's Sherry Short Comedy. One long word, Sherry Short okay. Comedy, and you can see some videos. Um, and um, some selections from that one woman show. Some of my just my stand up. And then on Twitter, it's uh, clever yet not. Um, and um, yeah, that's the. And app. you know what, Estella, in the Thank show you. notes, we're going to yep. put um, the link to Sherry's blog that she wrote for Trendable, and okay. that has a bunch of the video clips in it. Um, as well as her her link. Thank you so much for having me. I really Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks again. Yep. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.